I created for I'm more than what you see on the surface 
See beneath my skin and scars. I'm skinned and scarred. Marred and twisted. Scarred by the past I need to be lifted. And sometimes I question my own existence. What was I put here for? In my seams, it seems that there seems to be more. It's like I'm a light unplugged from the socket. I mean, do I really exist to put money in my pocket? This nine to five feels like a nine to nine. My mind entwined, I pass the time. Life circles me as I wait. What is my estate? I feel like I was made for something great. And yet, I can't quite put my finger on it. But when I look at my fingers and I see their design, I realize I'm one of a kind. And something created me. No, someone created me. And that someone made me for a reason. Even though it's clear the past years have been treason, I still sense this drawing, this calling, that even in the midst of my falling, there was someone who died to pick me up. Someone who rose to fix me up. Someone who's coming back to lift me up. And that someone is Jesus. See, God made me for a purpose. And when I delight in him, it's brought to the surface. Well, good morning. That was a great video, wasn't it? My delight in him, it's brought to the surface, our purpose. Ever ask yourself a question? What is my purpose? What did God put me here? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? Well, Pastor Brian and I were talking this week, and he, asked, he said, ask me to speak. And, and he said, Tom, do whatever you want. I was like, are you sure about that? <laughs> that might not be a good thing. No, so I started praying about it, and I started asking God. And, and we all struggle with a little bit of this purpose, don't we? What are we here for? What, what, what does God put us here for? Or why am I here? What am I supposed to be? Or You ever ask little kids what they want to be when they grow up? You ever done that? If you want to have some fun, go on YouTube and watch some videos. There's a bunch of them. The little kids will say they want to be a fireman or a policeman or a teacher or a doctor. And they go on and on or a musician or none of them ever say preacher or a lawyer. I, don't, I guess I don't know why. But, uh, and one kid said he wanted to be a dog when he grew up. And and he was asked why. He says, well, they get to go out whenever they want. They get fed. They get taken care of. They can sleep. They don't have to pick up their room. They don't have any chores. I'm like, that's actually not a bad idea. (laughs) Smart kid. Well, it is easy to get kids to say that, or even young folks say, to dream and and they're they're trying to figure out what our purpose is. Why are we here? Then, Then I look at all the teachings of Jesus. And if you get a chance to you know, listen to his teachings and, 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 or read them in the Bible and, and his parables and his stories. I noticed a, a theme in every one of them. Yes, he talked about money several times. Yes, he talked about the lost, the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin or the great parable of the prodigal son. Talked about love, the parable of the good Samaritan. What a great story. He talked about using the gifts and talents that he gave us in the parable of the talents. Talked about forgiveness, the man that was forgiven of debts, all these great stories. And remember when he was asked, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were trying to corner him, they were jealous because he had a big following and they were, taking, he, they were jealous of him. They were like, okay, we're going to trap him. What is the greatest commandment, teacher, they said? What did he say? Love God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he said to love God and to love people. As a pastor, 
I get a chance to text, talk, or meet with people every day about life issues. They, get, they talk to me, they ask me things either about themselves. Maybe they just want to pray about themselves, maybe a health issue or someone else, or maybe they want advice about someone or something. And, and I was asking God to kind of direct me a little bit today. He pointed me to my calendar, and I started looking at all the people I met, and I noticed with Jesus' teachings and all the people I was talking to, one thing. In Jesus' life, in all of his teachings, he pointed to one. He talked about love and all these other things, but everything had a theme. It was all about relationships. Every aspect of his teaching, every aspect of his life, everything he did was all about your relationship with God and with us, with people. It's really cool. Here's just some examples of my calendar. I met with some folks recently that were in our church, and, 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 and this is just a couple of different people, and don't try to guess who they are. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> I wonder if that's, that's not what it's about. They were struggling with their faith. You know, I mean, is, is this real? And, and some of these things in the Bible I read, is it real? Is it true? And, and I had one question for them. How was your relationship with God? And every single one, said they weren't praying much, they weren't reading the word, they weren't spending time with him. They weren't investing in the relationship with their heavenly father. Then I met with one guy, I got a call from a friend, and he said, go see this guy, he's, he's not doing well, and he wanted to see a priest or a man of God. So I said, Pastor Brian, are you around? Because... <laughs> <No. laughs> I am. I, I'm doing God's will, but I don't think I'm there. I, I'm still in the process. I'm still working on stuff. And, but I went over and saw this guy. And he was given by his doctors two weeks to live. And he, could, he was going in and out when we were talking. He, he was suffering from uh, dementia, and, some, and his body was just withering away. He was probably under 100 pounds, and he was just looking terrible. And, and I, I talked to him a little bit, and I found out that he as a kid, went to church and then kind of walked away, lived his own life, did things his way. I mean, I remember doing that too when I was younger. I kind of walked away from God, did things my way. Can you say train wreck? You know? Oh my gosh. And I, I could sense that he was feeling that. And there was, there was some guilt when we started talking about God. There was some kind of remorse and fear and regret that he didn't continue his relationship. He didn't stay the course. And then I started talking about Jesus. He couldn't really converse well, but his eyes, I saw the smile in his eyes, the gleam. There was hope there. And he was saying, you think he'll still accept me even though I kind of walked away? And I said, yes. We prayed together. Just like in, that, in John 3.16, as Mark said, God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him will not die but I'll have eternal life. And we prayed that prayer, and I saw this glimmer of hope in this guy. And he wanted to, and he couldn't read much well. He couldn't see well. So I asked his sister to bring some worship music in and just keep it playing on his bedside, just so he could connect with God in the time that he had left. I believe God's greatest desire and his longing is to know you and for you to know him. 
If you look at the, the, the first couple, Adam and Eve, in the garden, they had sinned, and they realized they were, they were naked. They realized when their eyes were open, and they, what did they do? They hid. They hid. And it says God was in the cool of the day. Look, walking around, go, Adam, where are you, man? Hey, buddy, where are you? The creator was looking for his creation. He wanted a relationship with Adam. And he wants one with all of us. It's his greatest desire is to have a relationship with us. So going through my calendar, most of my other conversations with people were either with some sort of issue or conflict with their family or friend or their children or even their marriage. One thing I realized over the years is relationships take work. They take work. They take effort. They take you sowing into them. If you think, oh, I'm going to coast, I'm just going to go downstream, and everything's going to be easy, you might just have a rude awakening someday. You might just be like, oh my gosh, what happened? Why are they not happy? Why did they leave? Why, would, why is there, how come we can't even make it work? I've talked to dozens and dozens of people, and what I found is that we take our relationships for granted, don't we? We take our relationships for granted especially the people closest to us in life. So in praying and looking at Jesus' teachings and, and spending some time with God, I thought, you know what, today I'm going to give you some things that might help you with your relationships. So if you have something uh, to write on, maybe back of one of the flyers, just take some notes. I recommend it. Because this is some things I've learned over the years. It might help you. Number one is learn how to communicate. The art, I call it the art of communication. Because why is it an art? Because it's not easy. It's hard. It's work. Like I said before, ever talk to somebody and just, you could just tell they weren't getting what you're saying. They're like, nothing's there. It's like, hello. <laughs> ever done that or ever been on the receiving end of that? We had a, a thing here the other night. It was a party for some kids graduating. And, and one of the staff members were telling me about what was going on. I was just like, huh? And she had to tell me like two or three times. And if I... I finally got it. She changed how she talked to me. And some of these things you know, but we're not necessarily doing them, are we? Some simple things like our body language and, and how our facial expressions or eye contact, when we commute, especially the people in our immediate lives or our spouse, our kids, our family, our friends, how do we communicate with them? If I'm doing this, what can you tell? I'm open and ready to receive whatever you have to say, right? No, I'm doubting you. I'm not interested, or if I'm not looking at you, I mean, things like that. Or even our voice, I can say, I love you, or I love you. Same words, right? But how I say them. Little tiny things, and you probably have all heard this stuff, but sometimes we need a refresher. Or use, the use of email, or media, or texting. I don't know how many times I've saved myself by not sending something. Because I read it like, ooh, that might not be perceived the same way. Because there's no emotion in any of that stuff. All you see is, and they can interpret it however they want. So be very careful when you communicate with that stuff. Anything important, do it face-to-face. Recommend it. Or our words are so crucial. Our words are so crucial. If my wife said to me, you're a lazy slob. No, she doesn't. But if she said that to me, I would start to probably believe it because why because our actions follow our beliefs 
which follow our thoughts. So whatever, faith comes by hearing. So if I'm hearing that I'm a lazy slob or something like that, but no, she doesn't do that. When I was leaving yesterday to come here to do the message last night, and I'm a, I sometimes get a little nervous, not that I'm afraid, but there's a burden to do. I want to make sure I do something to help you and, 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 and use, God uses me for a purpose. So there's a little bit of pressure. on. She goes, you're going to do great. I'm proud of you. And something happened when she said that. I was like, oh. <laughs> and, and you know what? We've been married almost 27 years. And whenever she does it, I'm like, mm. <laughs> that's right, baby. Look out. I don't know why, but it works. I know what it is, but I need to hear it. I need to hear those words. So are your words encouraging? Are they building up? Are they uplifting? Are they edifying the people in your life? Are you always looking for the thing that needs to be fixed? Oh, you need to work on that. Well, you did it again. Your words. Learn how to discuss. Argue, fight, whatever you want to call it. Learn how to discuss in a way that doesn't cause problems in your relationships. You can learn to disagree, but not be disagreeable. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a strong-willed person. And for many years, I would try to convince my wife and my family and anybody around me that my way was right. Because I knew it was. (laughs) And I could win the battle necessarily, but I would lose the war. Because what it does is it separates. And I would push my way and push my way. You gotta understand this is the way. If you could just see what I see, they're like, no. <laughs> they couldn't see it, they couldn't understand. So learn how. And when my wife said that to me one time, I heard somebody say, hey, You can agree to disagree. And I'm like, mm, you're right. Because I had said it. You know, you can agree to disagree, but not be disagreeable. I had to start looking at things, maybe from her perspective, her point of view. Assuming you know. Ever done that? Ever make, somebody's talking to you and you make an assumption already what they're going to say and you interrupt them? I did it to Pastor Brian last week. We were talking about that. I go, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, that's not what I was thinking. I'm like, oh. But I, I'm human. I'm not perfect. But we all, we assume that. I know you don't really care about this, but what do you mean you don't care about that? I, I do care. I just... And then listen, God gave us two ears and one mouth. We're supposed to use them in the right proportion. <laughs> you... There's not many of you that have that problem as much as me, probably. I mean, I struggle with that because I like to talk. But God said, and through his word in James, his brother James said, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Boy, is that sometimes a struggle. Communication. And then if you don't understand, repeat what they're saying. If somebody's trying to give you instructions or telling you what, hey, I want you to, okay. And then maybe repeat it and, and then ask him to repeat it to you and then ask questions. I remember years ago when we were, my wife and I were married, uh, first marriage, and we got a house, and our garbage day was Wednesday. She said, I really want you to do the, get the garbage out on Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. Okay, say it again. And I messed up a few times. Oh, yeah, Wednesday's after Tuesday, before Thursday. I, had to, I don't know why sometimes, gals, we are a little slow sometimes, us guys. And we have to, it takes a little time to get in a rhythm, get in a pattern, get something a little like that. But learn how to communicate. There's an art to it, and you want to have a better relationship? Learn the art of communication. Next is manage your expectations. Ever been on, watched an ad on TV about even a fast food ad, and you see this burger and fries, and this, it looks so good, and then you go there, and you get it, and it's like, that does not what it looked like on TV, right? 
Is it true? We have expectations. We all have expectations in our relationships, don't we? We all do. We all come into any relationship we have with expectations. With our kids, maybe it's our priorities, trying to explain to them that do your work first, your schoolwork, or, or your chores, and then you play. And if you're having a problem in school, let us know. Communicate with us. Let us know so we can help you or clean your room. We expect that or whatever it is it's supposed to do. Or if they get older and they start staying out a little bit later and they're supposed to, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to call and let us know, right? So we don't worry, parents. Yeah, there's expectations. Or it's so funny, when my wife and I got married, we, had to, we were brought up differently. My mom always had the dinner ready at five o'clock on the dot. So I kind of expected that. <laughs> she said, you want that? You better do it yourself. It's like, didn't understand that for a while. I'm joking, she wasn't like that, but I just had an expectation. Or here's what is funny, it caused some strife. When, when we would cook in our household, we would do the dishes right away. We would clean up everything right away. And my wife's, Christine's in her household, it didn't work that way. And that was tough for me. I was like, because I would be cooking and I would clean while I'm cooking. I mean, something's cooking and it takes five minutes, I can do this. That's just how I am, right? But she wouldn't, she'd cook and everything was all over the place. And then we'd eat, everything was all over the table. And I'd be like, is that, are we done? Uh, you know, <laughs> some of you understand. And I'm not like, I'm not the neatest person. I'm not the most organized, but some things were getting me fired up. And so I just learned to do it. Now I do it. And we, and we make it fun. And we, get the, and we try to race now because I love, my daughter loves to race. And it, so we find a way to make it work, but manage your expectations. Or maybe I'll wink at her and say, what are you doing later? Because I have expectations. <laughs> She says, I think I have a headache. <laughs> oh. So learn to manage your expectations, and then communicate them well, and then just get an understanding. <laughs> Some of you just got it. <laughs> That's what he's talking about. <laughs> Next thing is how to handle conflict. You're going to have conflict in your life. You're going to have those things. You, I was talking to a young couple recently, just got married. Like, have you guys ever fought? No, we never fight. I was like, ugh. And I look at the guy, wait, it's coming, buddy. <laughs> and, they, you know, and that's exciting. But you know what the real issue is? They're going to have conflict. You're going to have things that are, you're not the same. God says the two become one. That's hard. That's not easy. It's two becoming one. Give me a break. It's tough, but there's a reason why. Because it takes sacrifice. It takes love. It takes giving. It takes serving. It takes everything that Jesus asks us to do. Why do we have conflict? Because of selfishness. Isn't it true? We want what we want, and we want it now. Right? We want this, we want that. Or, hey, I'm watching a game, you know, I don't, you know, whatever it is. I don't want to do this this way, or I want to do it that way. You should know. Causes conflict. We have two kinds of people in marriage, or in any relationship. There's the now people and the never people. Meaning we want to deal with something now, right now. I don't care what it takes, we want to deal with it now. And we have people that will never want to deal with anything. I heard a guy talk about this. There's two kinds of skunks and there's turtles. The skunks will want to deal with it now and they'll stick it up until they get it done. Right? Then there's the turtles that will find a way to retreat into their shell and never deal with it. And I married a turtle. 
She's a great, she's the best looking troll I've ever seen. And I'm a skunk. I mean, I'm like, I'm going to deal with it now. And I'm going to, and so I'm going to ask you, if you are like me, maybe a little intense, and you're talking about relationships now, is consider your approach. Don't act on emotion. Boom, explode and do all that. Whatever happens, take a minute, breathe. Something that's getting you kind of fired up. Here's, a, here's an idea. Pray. Think about, okay, I mean, I'm, I might need some help, God, because I'm about to let it go. Pray. Before, consider your approach. And then if you're on the other side, if you never want to deal with anything, never want, why? Because you're scared or there's fear or you're going to be vulnerable to deal with it. Consider your actions. Consider what, what you're doing is not helping because you know what? There's an old saying, time heals all wounds, right? Bunch of baloney. I mean, it is baloney. You get a cut or an injury, oh, I'm just going to wait for that to heal itself. You know, if you don't get stitches or get it cleaned out, what's going to happen? It's going to get infected. It's going to get worse. And in an extreme case, you might even lose a limb or something. If you don't deal with it, time doesn't heal wounds. You have to do the work to heal them. You have to go to a doctor, whatever it is. And in relationships, the same thing. What happens? Bitterness builds up. Resentment builds up. You get further and further away. So be willing to make the first move. If you have any kind of strife or any kind of conflict, be willing to make the first move. You might say to yourself, gosh, I always am the one making the first move. That's okay. Somebody's got to. And if it's you, that's okay. And God sees it. It says in John, 1 John, it says this, we know what real love is. Because Jesus gave up his life for us and we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Now, isn't that kind of an interesting scripture? Look at, look at John, 1 John 3.16. Doesn't it remind you of something else? John, the same author, wrote John 3.16. The same guy. Isn't it really cool? But that's the example. Jesus gave up his life, so maybe you're the one that has to take a step of faith. Maybe you're the one that has to be the peacemaker in your relationships. It's not about keeping score. Well, I did it five times. You owe me. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about doing what's necessary to heal, restore, and have healthy relationships. Have you ever said, I'm sorry? Be maybe the first to do that. If you're having a problem in relationships, pray. I don't know how many times that we've had any kind of strife and I've just prayed either with somebody else or with my wife or like, I just pray. Can we just pray? And there's something about it. There's power in prayer and it makes a big difference and it changes the atmosphere, changes the environment. It takes all that energy down because it gets God involved in the center of your relationship. Who can you change? Who's the only person you can change? Yourself. It took me a long time to figure that out. Because I'm like, if I keep working on her, she'll figure it out one of these days. She'll get it. She'll get it out. She'll figure it out. I know she will. Because I know she's smart. (laughs) God, you can only change yourself. And when I understood that, I said, I can work on me. I can just work on me. And when I want to change her, work harder on me. (laughs) 
and I've got this energy, instead of pouring it in a negative way and pushing and, and trying to even maybe in a bully in a sense, I work on me. How can I get better? How can I be more like him? How can I, in effect, die to myself, not be selfish? But what you can do for others is pray. I have seen this over the years. I've been pastoring almost 10 years now, and I've seen when couples, when at least one is willing to work on themselves and they're having an issue, and they'll pr- at least pray for their spouse. Not God fix them, you know, not like that. Not trying to manipulate God, but pray that they get to know him, that their hearts open up to him, that they humble themselves. There's something about it. That God moves in that relationship. And I've seen several relationships restored and healed through the power of prayer. So whether you're having a problem with a child and you're just not clicking or they're being rebellious or whatever it is, whatever's going, pray for them. Do you pray for them? Not that they straighten up. Well, that's what we want. But that they get to know him. It's the God who saves. It's God who reveals himself. It's God who does the work inside us. Last thing I want to say is don't give up. Don't give up. Your relationships that God has put you in are important. They're incredibly important, especially if you're married. There's some of you that are struggling right now, maybe in this room, like, I'm not sure if I want to do it anymore. I want to give up. And hey, we've all been there. I want to just cash in my chips and go. I'm going to encourage you not to do that. I'm going to encourage you to seek God and ask him for his wisdom. He says he will give us wisdom if, if we ask, and he gives it generously. He'll direct you, but it's going to take not being selfish. It's going to take now saying, I want it my way. We only live on this earth for 100 years, plus or minus, and then we have eternity. I don't know about you, but that's more important than here. You might have to give up. You might have to give up on some self. You might give up some stuff. You might have to change. You might have to work on some things. You might have to grow. And it might be hard. It might be tough for you. But it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Because God, one day, is going to say to you, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. In Galatians, it says this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll harvest a blessing if we don't give up. God doesn't lie. He doesn't lie. Everything he says is true. And he, just at the right time, though, that's the struggle, right? Because we want it now, don't we? We want it now. But that's not necessarily his timing. We have to trust him. But just at the right time, he's going to reward us. And he's going to bless us for not giving up. So look, I would encourage you to read Jesus' parables, read his teachings, look at everything he talked about, and you'll see it like I did. It's all about relationships. Relationships with God or your relationship with people. It's the most important thing you can work on. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for people that said yes to you and showed it by you baptism, getting up here, proclaiming you, not being ashamed or embarrassed of you. Lord, we ask you to bless them. And anybody else that maybe is on the fence, maybe they thought they should and they didn't do it today, 
Let them know we have another service at 1030. And they can stay. And if those of you that are struggling in any kind of relationship, help, help us, Lord, to learn how to communicate better, how to manage our expectations, how to handle conflict in a loving way, and help us not to give up. We ask that in Jesus' name.